Hello, my awesome friends. It's your buddy Phil here, Project Management Training Coach. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're doing great today. This is day five homework for 40 days to PMP exam success. Now, if you're new to the program, this is an aggressive push for us to get certified within that span of 40 days. We have a curriculum that we're using. The curriculum is based on this, the PMP exam content outline. Newsflash. If you're getting ready for the PMP exam and you are not paying attention to this document, you're doing it wrong. If all you're doing is opening up study guides without taking a look at this as you prepare, that is not the way to do it. Your exam is broken down into these categories and your exam is mapped back to this blueprint. So what we are doing for the next 40 days, this is day five, is taking a look at the tasks one by one, a task a day, so that there's no way you could be confused about how to handle that task from an agile perspective, from a hybrid perspective, or from a predictive perspective. The goal is to help you. So if you are not tapping into this program and sending in questions or aha moments, you're not doing it right. This is an engagement program. I need to see engagement, right? So We've put out five videos. Let there be some traction. Share with me what have you done for the first five days. I want you to drop me a comment below and I want you to let me know that this is helping you so that I am motivated to continue this. Think about it. How many channels do you see that are geared to helping you ace the exam? Very few. And I mean, really ace the exam. We've got over 2000 videos. So this is designed to help you, okay? This could be used with any study guide. You don't need to get our study guide, but it would be good if you did because it would help you to better follow along, okay? So here's a reminder. If you have not taken this quiz, type in the information, take the quiz. It is going to help you discover some gaps. If you need to grab the book, you can do it at tinyurl.com forward slash PMP immersion. Grab the book and let's begin your journey. Now to go to the plan, click that link and it'll take you to the plan. And in addition to the breakdown that I just showed you, you will be able to day by day follow. You see right here, we have a chapter in the PMBOK guide or sections in the PMBOK guide sixth edition. And we have the agile practice guide. And of course the immersion book is smack dab on the chapters that we're reading. So chapter five is what this homework is based on. Let's get into the homework. First question is explain this task. Ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained. Well, it's a very, simple task to understand, ensure that the people working on the project team and stakeholders who need training are adequately trained. It's that simple. But who is responsible for this? Who is accountable for this? In the world of Agile and the world of Predictive, you need to ask yourself that question. So in the world of traditional, we would say it's the project manager. In the world of Agile, the team members need to be accountable and responsible for themselves. The team as an organism also is accountable for itself. 
So if a need is seen in the world of Agile, team members need to jump in and say, hey, I need training. Or team members can say, is there anyone on the team who can train me? Or team members could say, stakeholders need training in Agile. How is that going to be done? A lot of the time, it falls on the lap of the servant leader. That could be the scrum master, facilitator, project manager, some other type of role. If you haven't read page 41 in the Agile Practice Guide at the bottom to understand the three roles as PMI sees them in the Agile Practice Guide, you should. Let's move on to the next one. Number two, explain the enabler. Determine training options based on training needs. So based on what the training needs are, the team, project manager, scrum master, whoever it is, could come up with ideas on how that training could be delivered. So training options are the what, when, where, why, how, and who. Where will the training take place? Who's going to deliver it? Who's going to attend it? And questions such as that. Could be on the job training, could be job shadowing, could be peer-to-peer -peer work, whatever it is. Number three, explain the enabler. Allocate resources for training. So in the world of traditional, the project manager should intentionally allocate resources for training. The project manager working with functional managers will do this. In the world of agile, this could be done by the team working with other stakeholders. It could be done with a scrum master working with other stakeholders or any servant leader who identifies the need for training could raise that request for training. But the allocation of resources, we find that being more with the functional managers. In the world of agile, functional managers could do that. In the world of traditional, also functional managers, but the project manager may have a little bit more clout in this. It could be program manager, anyone. The bottom line is, we as a company should allocate the resources, human resources, monetary resources, facilities, whatever is needed to get people adequately trained. Number four, explain the enabler. Measure training outcomes. You measure training outcomes by taking tests at the end of training, viewing results from those tests, and also viewing team output. Sometimes team output could be an indicator that the training has been less than ideal. If there are certain SLAs, service level agreements that a team is meant to uphold, and they are not upholding them, what does that tell you? Especially if they're just coming from training on those same service level agreement clauses. So if you go to your PMBOK Guide 6th edition, my friends, and you go on down to develop team, there's one of the outputs I want to stress as far as measuring the training outcomes, and it's called team performance assessments. So let's read on page 343. It says, as project team development efforts such as training are implemented, the project management team makes formal or informal assessments of the project team's effectiveness. Effective team development strategies and activities are expected to increase a team's performance. You see that? And it says the evaluation of a team's effectiveness could include indicators such as improvements in skills that allow individuals to perform assignments more effectively, improvements in competencies that help team members perform better as a team, reduce staff turnover rates, increase team cohesiveness. It goes on and on. Now, if you go to manage team, I want you to take a look at one of the major inputs to manage team. And remember, I always tell you manage team is a leadership inside job. It's really leads team. So if you look at page 347, it says, 
the project management team makes ongoing, formal, or informal assessments. You see that? So your measurement could be formal. It could be an informal observation. Formal or informal assessments of the project team's performance by continually assessing the project team's performance. Actions can be taken to resolve issues, modify communication, address conflict, and improve team interaction. So that is one mention. The second mention of this, I want you to go on down to individual and team assessments, page 342. And it says, individual and team assessment tools give the project manager and the project team insight into areas of strengths and weaknesses. These tools help project managers assess team members' preferences, aspirations, how they process and organize information, how they make decisions, how they interact with people. Various tools are available, such as attitudinal surveys, specific ass assessments, structured reviews, interviews, ability tests, and focus groups. It goes on and on, but that is a tool and technique. So individual and team assessments is a tool and technique. Team performance assessments is an output. And that output from developed team is used in managed team. All right, that was a bit of a long one, but I hope it clarifies things for you. Next, how can a project manager ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained? Again, you take a look at the results. The team performance assessments, the individual and team assessments tool and technique will help you, okay? Simple observations, observation and conversation can help you do that. Number six, Whose job is it to ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained in an agile environment? What does a team do? It self-inspects. When? At the retrospective. Where else? All throughout. The team should habitually be an inspect, adapt, check. Check ourselves. Check the product. Check the integration. It should be continuous. So when it comes to training, making sure that it's done thoroughly, the team can call out the team. The team calls out itself. The team inspects itself. Number seven. How should a project manager determine required competencies and elements of training? Well, let's go on down back to the PMBOK guide. It's amazing how much stuff is actually in the PMBOK guide. Because most times we just fly through chapter nine without focusing on some of the great stuff that's here. So let's go to acquire resources. And I want you to pay close attention to the output known as project team assignments. So let's read. Documentation of team assignments records the team members and their roles and responsibilities for the project. Documentation can include a project team directory and names inserted into the project management plan, such as the project organization charts and schedules. So these performance assessments, what did it say? Records the team members and their roles and responsibilities. Based on the roles and responsibilities, we then need to intentionally plan for how to equip these folks because we can find out what they are meant to be doing and ensure they are equipped to do that. Let's take a look at page 339. It says, project team assignments identify the team and member roles and responsibilities coming into develop team as an input. Why is that? because understanding what the team members are meant to do is gonna help us with their training. Know what to train them on, know the competencies. Number eight, who is responsible to determine required competencies and elements of training on an agile project? The team. Remember we assign this team to a team of adults. If they are lacking in any way, they know what they need to do, they go do it. If they have the autonomy to do it, if they have the resources, then teams should be given the resources. They can go off and get the training they need. 
They don't need someone to point and direct them to do it. Remember, it's a self-organized, self-led, self-managed team. But if what they need to do is beyond what they've been given the abilities and the authority to, then of course, a functional manager may need to step in to authorize training of a certain expense. Number nine, whose responsibility is it to determine training options based on training needs? Again, in the world of Agile, the team, and that's why we talk about the skills marketplace first in the world of Agile, to look inwardly for what skills we have and how we can transfer those skills to other people. And then when it comes to predictive, again, the project manager, but that is not to negate the team. The team as well could have some say in what they need, even in a traditional environment. They're not dummies forbidden from speaking, even in traditional. So keep that in mind. A lot of the questions on your test may be of a hybrid nature. Who should allocate resources for training on a predictive project? Again, project manager, functional manager, could be anyone at a higher level, such as the program, portfolio, managers, sponsor, anyone. Number 11, who is responsible for resource allocation for training on another project? So think about it like this. Let's assume you are a project manager and you need to assign a team member to another project to learn. It's collaboration with the program manager. So if you talk about resource allocation for training on a project that is not yours, if it belongs to a program, it's going to be a program manager. But if it doesn't belong to a program, it obviously belongs to a portfolio, could be a portfolio manager, or depending on the authority given to the project manager on the other project, could very well be. So you need to be imaginative and get ready to roll with questions you've never even thought of when you face the PMP exam. How are training outcomes measured? We covered this. So we have various metrics. We have various KPIs to call them that. We could send our team members to training where they take a test after. And based on the outcome from that test, we expect to see even higher level outcomes on the project. So we expect to see team members working together, better equipped, synergies going up, you know, the team being uh, a lot more efficient, overcoming conflict and just unnecessary conflict and squabbles, just working together as a well-oiled unit. That's how we expect uh, to measure the outcomes. And to get more specific, you could talk about several le service level agreements. You could talk about KPIs that are peculiar to the organization. And uh, if in doubt, just take a look at page 343, where we talk a, take a look at the evaluation of a team's effectiveness and what it includes. So improvement in skills, improvement in competencies, reduced staff turnover rates, increased team cohesiveness. But as a team, we also expect to see some improvements in the output and efficiencies, whatever that may look like. It's very important though, that in the world of Agile, we don't immediately jump to, oh, story points, velocity. No, that's not right. You don't do that. But to measure training outcomes, you could be very specific with a test at the end of the training, or you could look for signs such as increased cohesiveness, increased com competencies, increased skills, and so on. All right. 
Number 13, which PEMBOK guide process deals with training? Develop team. That's it. Number 14, what are some of the ways training can be delivered? Well, let's take a look. PEMBOK guide 342. It says, examples of training methods include classroom, online, computer-based, on-the-job training from another project team member, mentoring and coaching, so on. In the world of Agile, we talk about pairing and pairing a team member with another. We talk about the concept of job shadowing or peer-to-peer -peer, uh, uh, collaborations and things such as that. In the world of Agile, we're a lot more collaborative when it comes to training. We immediately look at the skills marketplace. And uh, you can just pair someone to work with a peer. Number 15, explain the advantage and internal, explain the advantage and internal agile coach. It should read and, not and. Explain the advantage an internal agile coach has over an external agile coach. This again is talked about somewhere in the agile practice guide. While I don't have the exact page to hand, at a high level, the major advantage is that internal coaches know the landscape, they know the politics, they have stronger relationships in the organization. They may not have the breadth of experience an external coach would have, but they definitely have those relationships that are key in building um, confidence and trust from people inside the organization. Now, talking about an external Agile coach, an external coach has the advantage of experience, but the disadvantage of weak relationships in the client organization. That's on page 41, which I've already quoted today. Let's move on to question 16. What do you do as a project manager when an employee who you have sent for training comes back sounding clueless? Well, you ask meaningful questions, you support that individual because we all learn differently. Could very well be that the training solution didn't work for the person. We do not fire the individual. Bear that in mind for your exam. Someone's not performing after going for training. Your first line of action is not immediately to fire that individual. You use coaching and training and mentoring further to better understand, okay, what went wrong? Did this work for you? Did it not? How can we support you? to learn better. So it's gonna be one of support. That's your first instinct. Number 17, explain how project team assignments affects training on a project. So we went over this previously, based on the project team assignments, you know where to send the individual to for training. You understand what kind of training they need to be able to function on the project. Number 18, explain how resource calendars affects project team member training. So when we are sending team members for training, one of the things that we need to observe is the resource calendar. So let's go to develop team again, 9.4. And let's take a look at the input to develop team called project documents. And on page 339, let's read. Project calendars, uh, beg your pardon, resource calendars. Resource calendars identify times when the project team members can participate in development activities. It also helps illustrate team availability during the entire project. So based on the availability, send them for training. All right. 
Number 19, explain how team performance assessments are generated. So we've already gone over this. Send the team for training, take a test, you get your assessments, or send the team for training, view performance, gauge performance, could be informal or informal, and then you can glean your conclusions from what you've observed. Final question number 20. What is the difference between coaching and mentoring? Very simple. Coaching elicits the answers to the questions at hand from the client. It does not suggest the answers. Mentoring, on the other hand, does use one's pool of experience to suggest answers to the mentee. So there's a difference between drawing out versus telling. I hope this gave you some further insights into our task for today. Ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained. There's a lot that goes into training. There's a lot that goes into coaching. You know, some teams, they have full-on plans for how to pair people together for coaching and mentoring. We go into a lot more detail in the book, PMP Exam Immersion. Hit that link, tinyurl.com forward slash PMP Immersion to download an instant copy. And to follow this curriculum a lot closer, go on down to projectmanagementdoctor.com forward slash 40 day plan. Wish you all the very best and I'll see you on day six. Bye for now.